0: And on this week's show, we speak to Nigeria and Arsenal forward Alex Iwobi. Iwobi tells us about his expectations with new manager Unai Emery. Of course, I know about his success with PSG
1: and Sevilla, so I can tell he's going to be great for Arsenal. It's going to be good. There's There's a
0: new change. Everyone's excited, not just the fans, but the players are as well. Plus, we have your views on how easy or difficult it is to buy football merchandise of clubs in your country. And Stuart gives his thoughts on the progress of the African players who've moved in the August transfer window
2: in the English Premier League. But, you know, the player who has made the biggest impression, I think, is Fulham's Ivorian Jean-Michel Serry. That's coming up
0: later. And also, Stuart explains what the UEFA Nations League is all about. But first, lots of notable results in the second round of group game qualifiers for the 2019 Africa Cup of Nations. It was so sad that there was a stadium stampede resulting in the death of a fan ahead of Madagascar's 2-2 draw with Senegal, and at least 40 more people were injured in Antananarivo. Lack of entry points appeared to be the problem. Ivory Coast, Mali and Tunisia all won away from home. Nigeria recovered from their home defeat to South Africa with a 3-0 win away to the Seychelles. Watch watched that game on TV and, a Solomon, it looked like the Super Eagles were struggling on the artificial pitch there.
3: Yeah, it was a good result for the Super Eagles of Nigeria, especially after the World Cup and the first official game for them, uh, missing players like Victor Moses, who has... Uh, officially retired and also uh john michael obi was missing but in the pitch you know it was very clear that uh, they were struggling even the coach himself he made reference to the synthetic pitch and the state of the synthetic pitch and how it affected their game uh but they went up and got the result i think we missed the super eagles that you know play sort of a free-flowing football, uh, some of the passes that we normally see from the Super Eagles was missing. They lost their first game against South Africa. Now they have three points. They're still behind South Africa, and they may- need to make sure that the double-header against Libya, they pick on uh, a very good result.
0: Yes, important games coming up next month. And the result of match day two was 10-man Kenya beating Ghana 1-0 in Nairobi. Uh, All four teams in the group are on three points. That's Kenya, Ghana, Sierra Leone and Ethiopia. Still early days, but with the top two teams qualifying for the finals, uh, Kenya fans maybe can dream of a first Africa Cup of Nations appearance since 2004 wow congratulations to kenya you know the last time
3: kenya defeated or got any good result against ghana was about 15 years ago so it's still early days though but uh kenya was missing the midfield maestro victor wanyama uh, but they went ahead we saw a kenya that was really uh, out there to be able to make sure that they got you know they get a result And that was what they did. Uh, Ghana went out and played good football, you know, possessing the football. They kept possession, but possession doesn't really win games for you. And also, you could see that Ghana was missing that element of having a a, a top striker that could, you know, get the goal for them. And I think Ghana right now need to search for that. But Kenya in itself, it's really shown how Kenya has matured, how Kenya has moved from a place where, You play casually. I think they used to play casually, but now you play to win games. So congratulations to Kenya getting closer and
0: closer. Yes, it would be great to see Kenya back at the Nations Cup. In other games, Egypt beat Niger 6-0, Mohamed Salah getting two goals, two assists and two penalty misses. Next year's Nations Cup host Cameroon were held to a 1-1 draw away to the Comoros. That was the first game in charge for coach Clarence Seydorf, so not the impressive start that fans were expecting. Zambia drew 1-1 away to Namibia with a late equaliser. Also in Group K, Mozambique drew 2-2 with Guinea-Bissau. Quite a game this one because Mozambique went 2-1 up in stoppage time, only for Guinea-Bissau to equalise in the seventh minute of stoppage time. Gabon drew 1-1 with Group C leaders Burundi. Stoke City forward Saido Berahino put Burundi ahead. He recently changed nationality from British to Burundian. And Arsenal striker Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang equalised for Gabon. We talked about Berahino on the show a few weeks ago. Stewart highlighted his goal drought of some two and a half years. But after 913 days, Berahino scored for Stoke and followed up with that goal for Burundi. Uh, The Gambia were held to a 1-1 draw by Algeria. Morocco beat Malawi 3-0. And Solomon we were pleased here in Zimbabwe with a 1-1 draw away to Congo Brazzaville to stay top of Group G on goal difference. Solid performance, uh, that from the Warriors. The Warriors were one goal up before the equaliser by
3: Congo. I really was tipping the Warriors to go up all the way after that goal from uh, uh, Kamat Billiard. Uh, the attackers and their wingers had so much pace and, and going forward. Uh, and I feel, you know, the Warriors would have done better uh, going forward for Zimbabwe to be able to qualify. Games like these are crucial. And when you have the opportunity to pick the three points, pick it up. Uh, and I felt they had the opportunity against Congo, in as much as Congo played extremely well, also.
0: Yes, we're hoping for the best here in Zimbabwe. Thanks, Solomon. And next month will be two more rounds of Nations Cup qualifiers and the picture will then be much clearer went out now to our interview with Nigeria and Arsenal forward Alex Iwobi. Oluwashina Okaleji caught up with Iwobi to get his thoughts on the new Arsenal manager Unai Emery and touched on issues from last season where he was unpopular with Arsenal fans at times and the episode where Iwobi was at a party 36 hours before an FA Cup defeat to Nottingham Forest that was back in January. Well, first, Oluwashina asked Iwobi for his reflections on this year's World Cup in Russia where Nigeria went out at the group stage after a late goal saw them lose 2-1 to Argentina when a draw would have seen them through to the round of 16. Um, yeah, of
1: course, uh, we had a lot of hopes and believed that we could do well. We are very proud of ourselves. We're going to take the positives, of course. We're just unfortunate that one of the, the last-minute goal that came was the defeat and not to start the group, but... We're taking positives, and we were very happy with what we did. The fans were completely disappointed that you didn't
4: really get a chance. Like everyone wanted you in a creative position. Do you understand why the frustrations
1: were were there with the fans? Um, yeah, I guess of course. But it's not just me. It's not my tournament. It's Nigeria's tournament. So the coach didn't put me in that position. He wanted to try something new and try something out. So yeah, I have no problem. At the end of the day, whatever the coach decides is what what goes. Then, from international football, attention
4: shift to club football. For you now, how much do you know of the new Arsenal manager
1: Unai Emery? Of course, I know about his success at PSG and Sevilla. So I can tell he's going to be great for us, There's going to be good. There's a, there's a new change. Everyone's excited. Not just the fans, but the players are as well.
4: Last season was a difficult one for you. How did you manage to deal with that? All the sticks you
1: got from the fans. Oh, well, anyone, any player gets stick. I mean even the world's best so it's going to come with the football you play but just how you deal with it and because I have, a, I have a family and friends and amazing support so they help me get through any situation so yeah there's no there's no bad bad time for me this season because new manager new system and everything all of you will be fighting for your career under a new manager how true is that of course but at a club like Arsenal there's always going to be great quality players so you're always going to have to fight to maintain or retain your support so i'm ready for the challenge um, some of the fans they
4: told that you were Asens Wenger's favourites They say, "Oh, even if Alex play badly, the manager is always
1: going to put him." Do you even understand when they say these things? Um, no, I don't really listen and look at that. I would like to believe that Asens would pick up a player or pick someone because of their ability and because of what they can add to the team. I wouldn't try to say anyone he has any favourites. It's just what he thinks is right for the team. And it's a new season. What are your objective, personal objectives? Um, well, I'm trying to get as many goals and assists as I can, but I need to make sure I retain my spot. I have to fight for my spot, Arsenal, away from top four last season. This season, target will be to finish in the top four. Of course, of course. I mean, we're trying to get back into the Champions League. It's a bit strange. We haven't been in the Champions League last two seasons, so especially after being in it consecutively. So we're going to try and fight to get back into the Champions League. What lessons did you learn from some of the things that you
4: had to endure last season concerning, you know what, uh, partying and all of that what are the lessons you've
1: learned from that of course uh, i have to be more professional i'm not just this young boy anymore i've been in the premier league now three seasons so the expectations are always going to grow the older you get so i have to be professional and knock it down and not let any distractions affect me
0: so that's arsenal and nigeria forward alex iwobi speaking to planet sport football africa's oloashina Okaleji. A lot of issues there and some short or cautious answers from Iwobi. Uh, Solomon, do you think that Iwobi is making progress as a player? Yeah, looking at the player himself
3: from when he started back with the England on the 16 on the 17 on the 18 and coming through uh as Wenger's Arsenal and playing and getting experiences in the Europa League and also in the Champions League and, and across you know games in the English Premier League I feel he's been making progress you know as a player you know he's a player that has a, sort of a dual position. You know? you know he could play either as a winger or either as a forward uh, and that is to his advantage you know he's quick uh, he has uh, great passes, very visionary, uh, but I still feel that there's uh, part of his game that needs to be to be put in order. He reminds me very much of his uncle, Austin Jejo, coach at the Great Nigerian Legend. Uh, when he was playing for n Frankfurt back in the day in the 90s, I remember very well, he, he used to play the, the same way. Like Sometimes you, you wonder what sort of vision uh, he has and a bit careless and uh, not really confident in front of goal but I guess with age comes maturity and he's gonna mature and and, and coming through you know we've seen him score some crucial goals for Nigeria also Alex Obi so we definitely expect quite a lot more from him he's making progress didn't get caught a bit at the World Cup but I feel Hopefully this is the season that we're going to see more of him. You know, last month he just extended his contract uh, with Arsenal, uh, you know, to 2023. So they definitely see a lot of potential in him
0: uh, and, and not just for Arsenal, but for the Super Eagles. Right. And uh, Stuart, what are the indications so far, of four games into the season, as to what lies ahead for Iwobi at
2: Arsenal? Well, Steve, Alex Iwobi got his first start for Arsenal in 2016, just short of his 20th birthday. But the problem he's had is similar to all young players at big clubs, is simply getting enough game time. In the last two seasons, he started about half the games, come off the bench a few times. This season has been the same story. Started two, including away to Chelsea where he scored, but was taken off in both those games before the end. But if you look at the Arsenal midfield, now you've got Mesut Ozil... Granit Cheka, Aaron Ramsey, Henrik Mkhitaryan, Mohamed Elneny, as well as Awobi. And you can't play six in midfield. You could also say perhaps because he's such an attacking player, perhaps he could play as a striker. But then he's competing with Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang and Alexandre Lacazette, with Danny Welbeck waiting on the wings. So it's just a problem that I can't see him getting a starting place every week. But remember, Arsenal are in the Europa League, the FA Cup and the League Cup. So I think there'll be a lot of action for him in cup competitions, even if he isn't often in the starting lineup. Andy And Iwobi talks there of the target of a top-four finish for the Gunners. What really are the chances? Well, I wouldn't put money on Arsenal getting a top-four place. Their record so far is 1-2, lost 2. They, of course, have a new manager, Unai Emery, who is completely new to English football. The other thing is that they're in the Europa League playing on Thursdays, and that takes a bit of getting used to because it changes the training structure of the week. Now, it's very early to make predictions, but you already have the feel that Manchester City and Liverpool have already pretty much booked two of the top four places. Chelsea have won four out of four. And that leaves Manchester United, and don't forget they were second last year, Tottenham and Arsenal effectively chasing one place in the top four. This could well come back to bite me later in the season, but I just don't see Arsenal finishing higher than fifth or sixth. And last season, of course, they were sixth. And uh, that's
0: our question on social media this week. Can the Gunners manage a top four finish? So Stuart thinks no. Alex Iwobi says it is the target and they've got new manager Unai Emery. So will that be a positive or a negative factor? Uh, Can they finish in the top four and qualify for the UEFA Champions League? You can go to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa, or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five. Two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Well, this is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. And you can download our app and listen to the show anytime, and access past programs too in our archive. To download, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. You can also listen on our New Look website, planetsport.tv. Our other shows are there too. That's Planet Sport and the Planet Sport Rugby podcast. And you can read interviews with various sports stars, including Christian Achu of Ghana and Collins Fai of Cameroon. And you can find out more about the Planet Sport Football Africa team in the About Us section with pictures of the team members. So that's our New Look website, planetsport.tv. And now we turn to social media. Last week I was at the Amex Stadium in Brighton in the UK and I looked at the huge array of merchandise that Brighton and other English Premier League clubs have to offer. Uh, There were jerseys, caps, pens, watches, school bags, pillowcases and numerous other items. I bought myself a Brighton and Hove Albion doormat. Well, merchandise sales can bring a lot of much-needed income to clubs, but many clubs in Africa have very little merchandise on sale. So last week we asked, how is it in your country and with your favourite local team? On Facebook, Moses Al Hakim says, well, here in the Gambia, we're lacking that with our local clubs. We only get the tops of other foreign clubs at the market. I support Manchester United and I have their top, but they're sold at costly prices. On WhatsApp, Mohamed I. Kinte, also in the Gambia, says, Hello, Planet Sport Football Africa and its wonderful listeners around the globe. Well, thank you for that, Mohammed. And Mohammed continues saying, Well, really, in terms of our football clubs in the Gambia, merchandise is minimal or not available at all compared to European clubs. So here we fans do buy merchandise from clubs in Europe like jerseys and caps. I was following my favourite local club, Walidan FC, but I haven't seen a store where they have their materials on display, says Mohammed. Asiku Lawrence got in touch about the situation in Uganda. Well, on the contrary, says Asiku, here in Uganda, football fans have embraced the local league in such a short time that in matches at the stadium, stands are filled with different colours of the local teams. This has helped us to improve the league in such a way that clubs have attracted sponsorship from local and international companies. Here in Uganda, it's now easier to acquire club merchandise, although replica shirts for international clubs are cheaper than for local clubs, says Asiku. Thanks for that. Uh, To Malawi and Henry Wallison says, Here in Malawi, it's uncommon to have merchandise. And Alfred Mdimba, also in Malawi, agrees, saying there's very little merchandise of local clubs in Malawi. There are caps, scarves and T-shirts to a small extent. Only two major clubs, Nyasa Big Bullets FC and B Ford Wanderers, have them. But it's a good initiative as it boosts finance and awareness, says Alfred. Blessings Nirenda, also in Malawi, says there are many football lovers here. People can buy merchandise in huge amounts – Uh, Not sure, though, if Blessings is referring to Malawian clubs or to European clubs there, though, in the light of the comments from Alfred and from Henry. Odipo Morris is in Kenya. Gorma here, the Kenyan champions, have an array of merchandise, says Odipo. However, the market is not properly regulated to protect their products from pirated ones. I never buy because most of the times I'm away from the club headquarters. I'm not sure whether what I see on sale is original or pirated. And that point about the situation in Kenya is echoed by Charles Ciele. Here in Nairobi, you won't find original merchandise as in other parts of the world, says Charles. What's available here is fake. And yes, that's a very important point because as the aim of selling merchandise is to bring income into the clubs, the cost of original items when they're available can be relatively high. And meanwhile, the issue of pirated items is a big problem all around the world. A pirated team shirt will be cheaper and therefore more affordable, but to none of the money that you pay for it will go back to the club to help the club grow. Barang Sane is in the Gambia. In my country says Barang football items are not available for local clubs in the market. Only foreign clubs are available, the likes of Manchester United, Arsenal, Liverpool, Chelsea, Real Madrid and Barcelona, I think due to their financial status says Barang. And Nfally Bojang also in the Gambia highlights another challenge, the ability of clubs to afford to buy merchandise to sell to their fans. Here in the Gambia, says Nfali, clubs don't have enough merchandise to sell. My local team is Real de Banjul, but their fans can't buy their merchandise because it's not available. And Kuyasan Sise emphasises the same point, saying, This is very sad for my country, the Gambia, and for countries in Africa at large, says Kuyasan. We don't have such facilities to make our own merchandise for sale. And uh, finally, a voice note from The Gambia on WhatsApp from Ansumana Sonko. Having football materials or this merchandise, as you're mentioning, is always a problem. But now the big question is whether to get the finance or that's a problem in Africa. Most of this local team, they lack sponsors. Their finance is their number one problem. Thanks there to Ansamana Sonko. And yes, that's the problem for many clubs in Africa, that they lack the funds to invest in merchandise. So last week, Solomon highlighted how advanced it is in South Africa, where many clubs have a lot of merchandise on offer, but that there's very little in Nigeria. Here in Zimbabwe, clubs have tried now and then, especially with replica jerseys, but the cost is around $50 and many fans would rather buy a cheap jersey in similar colours rather than the original. Other merchandise has been very rare here. Uh, One club tried its own branded bottled water once, but uh, it didn't take off. We heard there from Uganda that clubs are making progress with the sale of merchandise. Let's hope that countries like Malawi and the Gambia will take advantage of this money-making opportunity. Thanks so much for all of those comments. So this week we're asking: Can Arsenal manage a top four finish in the English Premier League? We heard earlier from Arsenal forward Alex Iwobi. He says that is the target, but can the Gunners do it? You can go to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa, or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Well, the English Premier League is back this weekend after last weekend's international break. The big game is Tottenham against Liverpool on Saturday. Stuart, before we get on to that one, give us your thoughts on the African players who moved in the August-September transfer window.
2: Well, four games into the season, Steve, the African players signed in the transfer window. Some have made a big impact. Some are struggling to do so. You know, we commented on Brighton. Uh, three African signings, so far Leon Balogun from Nigeria and Yves Bezuma from Mali have each got one start and Percy Tao from South Africa is out on loan. Now, I did make a prediction earlier in the season that Chekou Kouati, the Senegalese player whom Crystal Palace have signed from West Ham, could bring some steel to their midfield. But he won't do that unless they pick him. And so far, Roy Hudson has only given him 20 minutes off the bench. But I thought he was such a good player at West Ham that Palace had done really well to get him. Uh, another player at Palace, Jordan Ayew from Ghana, who's on loan from Swansea, has only started one game so far. Nabi Cater... The Guinea player at Liverpool has started three out of four games, and that's no mean feat breaking into such a strong Liverpool squad, and I think he's looked excellent. I think we can expect a lot from him. Rashid Geisel from Algeria has started once for Leicester City and come off the bench. And we have mentioned Riyad Mahrez, who is frankly having to adjust to life at a big club. He's had two starts, two sub-appearances for Manchester City, and Having been the main man at Leicester, he's yet to play 90 minutes in a game for Manchester City. And I suppose with so many others competing for places, that's the way it's going to be. But, you know, the player who has made the biggest impression, I think, is Fulham's Ivorian, Jean-Michel Serri. He has started all four games for Fulham. And andre Frank zambo Angisi. now there's a mouthful on the back of your shirt, I imagine, um, has started in two. But Seri. Scored a sensational goal from outside the penalty area, which was voted by TV viewers the goal of the season so far. So a great start for him. And I wonder if he may prove to be the best of the transfer window signings as far as African players are concerned. Well Stuart, I must
0: say, great prediction this from you on Jean-Michel Serri because you mentioned him before the start of the season as an African player to watch and he's been outstanding as well as that great goal, a super assist in the game against Brighton two weeks ago. And what are your
2: thoughts then on the Tottenham-Liverpool game on Saturday? Well Tottenham at home to Liverpool has a prospect of being a really cracking game. Liverpool have started with four wins out of four but of course, they've yet to play any of the top teams. Tottenham started with three wins out of three, took the lead at Watford, but then finished up losing 2-1. They did, of course, have that really remarkable 3-0 win away to Manchester United. That the game is at Wembley, as Tottenham's new stadium is not ready yet, might be to Liverpool's advantage. There's also the unknown quantity that the game coming immediately after the international break and you could ask which clubs players will be fresher from that i think it's hard to call but a win or a draw for liverpool would certainly send out a strong message about their potential to be premier league champions Yes. And to Stuart, the UEFA
0: Nations League is underway. It's a brand new competition and some of the games are being screened in Africa. There was Spain beating Croatia 6-0, the standout result so far, with a heavy defeat for the World Cup runners-up. But to be honest, many of us don't understand what it's all about and what purpose the UEFA Nations League serves.
2: That is a question many people are asking. And the Other question is, do we really need another competition for European countries when we have the European Championship every four years? Now, let me explain what it is. 55 European countries have been divided into four leagues or divisions based on their ranking. For example, the top 12 teams in Europe are in League A, and that would include Germany, Italy, Spain, France, Belgium, England, and so on. And within those 12, they are divided into leagues of three who play each other home and away with the four group winners going through to a knockout to decide who is the UEFA Nations League champion. And in the lower divisions, there's promotion and relegation. So you can lose your place in the top and you can move up. One reason behind the establishment of this new competition was the frustration with meaningless, friendly internationals where normal football rules were suspended to the extent that on occasions, quite literally, a team would come out for the second half with 11 new players. The new competition now gives countries the opportunity of playing competitive games against other European countries of more or less equal standard. And it also means that the FIFA rankings will no longer be based on these meaningless friendlies where managers are more interested in trying out new players than actually winning the game. But, you know, one implication for Africa, I think, is it may be more difficult in future for African countries to play friendlies against the top European nations as the new competition will fill most of the international window slots. And just a little comment about what's happened so far in the competition. England lost their opening game to Spain 2-1. Now, that brought the World Cup semi-finalists down to earth with a bit of a bump. But as I said at the time, England's record in the World Cup was to play seven, winning three against Panama, Morocco and Sweden, losing three, plus a win on penalties, which I don't think really counts as a win, And in losing to Spain, I'm afraid England continued a rather frustrating sequence of failing to beat any of the top teams in world football for many years.
0: Well, so a lucky run at the FIFA World Cup for England, perhaps, with hindsight. Thanks, Stuart. A couple of quick stories before I go. A few weeks ago, we had an interview with an ambitious 19-year-old Gambian, Modu Lamine Marong. He went to Sweden to train with the club and he got signed for a Division Three side, John Sered IF, as he hopes to end up with one of the big sides in Europe. Well, Modu has made his debut and he tells us he scored both goals for his team in a 2-2 draw. Uh, Modu is a listener to Planet Sport Football Africa, so thanks for sharing that with us and Many congratulations to you, Modu, on the great debut. And congratulations, too, to Liberia's president, George Ware, who, at 51, has become the oldest international on record after playing against Nigeria on Tuesday in a friendly, this according to a leading group of football statisticians. Liberia arranged the friendly in Monrovia to retire the number 14 shirt, which was worn by George Ware for the national team. Well, that's it for the show for this week from me, Steve Vickers in Harare, from Solomon Ashams in Johannesburg and from Stuart Weir in the UK. Thanks a lot for listening. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.